Welcome to the Ideas from Europe podcast, episode number nine. Hello, everyone, and thanks for downloading our podcast. On today's show, Linda will be talking with Grazia Fiore. Grazia is a user program coordinator at Eurisi. That's a Paris-based, non-profit association of European space agencies, governmental offices, and international organizations in charge of space affairs. As one of her activities, Grazia leads the Geospatial Cities Initiative in the European Smart Cities Marketplace. So her and Linda are going to discuss how groups are using space data for their smart city activities. Lynn, it's over to you. Good morning, everyone. This is the next episode in our podcast from Ideas from Europe. Today, I have with me Grazia Fiori from the organization Eurisi, and I will be talking to her about uh, satellite data and the role of Eurisi in, uh, in enabling uh, the, the growth of satellite applications and opportunities. So welcome to the uh, studio, Grazia. Um, good morning to you. Uh, first of all, I would like to ask you to to introduce who you are, um, where you work, and and what the organization is you work for. Um, I'm Grazia Fiore. I'm a user program coordinator at um, Eurisi. Uh, Eurisi is an association of space agencies based in Paris. Uh, we've been uh, working now since 30 years to connect space and society in um, several different sectors, ranging from agriculture to environmental protection to the safeguard of cultural heritage, to transport, uh, um, urban resilience, uh, uh, arts, leisure, and much more. We normally do that by connecting uh, confirmed and potential users of satellite applications, hence uh, satellite imagery, satellite navigation, and satellite communication, with the aim of um, trying to bring the benefits of such applications to civil society. So explaining what these applications are from a non-technical point of view and with a focus on benefits. Um, we organize workshops and conferences in which we showcase such um, examples of use of satellite applications. And we also write papers and articles. And um, we actually have a quite extensive database now on eurisi.eu. Um, of uh, use cases uh, of satellite applications by cities, regions, and uh, SMEs working in sectors uh, other than space. That's very interesting. So, what does that mean in practice day to day? What 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 do you do? You know, say it's Monday morning, and uh, you're you're thinking about well, not going to work because of course you're not going to work at the moment, but starting work. Uh, who do you call? Who do you talk to? Well, um, uh, this week I'm uh, following up on, um, I'm writing articles on um, an NGO which is uh, using um, um, Earth observation data to uh, make participatory GIS, which means um, taking a map, for example, of irrigation pumps and um, asking farmers to map uh, their uh, farms 
their uh, water reservoirs and to imagine um, what the future situation will be uh, in an ideal world where uh, water resources are equally shared. Um, we also participate in two projects, so lately uh, I've been following up in writing proposals and um, editing documents. Um, I'm also quite actively engaged right now in um, Women in Copernicus, which is um, um, a small project that had been funded under, under Coordinate that wants to promote uh, gender equality within uh, the Copernicus and uh, EO sectors more in general. Uh, we are organizing a series of webinars on different topics related to gender. So I'm uh, following up on that. Um, and um, we, I'm going to start a project now on um, uses of Copernicus uh, by uh, local and regional authorities in Europe, from which uh, um, we should then produce a number of videos. Uh, this is a project that will be funded by CNES, which is the French Space Agency. And I'm busy finding um, users of Copernicus data and services. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And uh, we came into contact with each other because you're involved in the uh, European initiative on smart cities. And yes. And the initiative there, the, what's now called the Geospatial Cities Initiative. Yes. So this, of course, is a, a hot topic, climate neutrality, mm -hmm. cities. So where do you see, how do you see the, the role of satellite data fitting in there? Well, satellite data, there are a number of uses of um, satellite data actually in cities, uh, in cities and in regions. Um, so we are, as you just said, working with the Smart Cities Marketplace with, with an initiative that is called Geospatial Cities to raise awareness on the availability of satellite-based data. Uh, as it is our uh, business model at Teorisi to do that through a good practice exchange, we are communicating and raising awareness on applications of satellite data that are already operational in cities that have already shown uh, their added value. So uh, there are a number of examples. I will say that the most relevant ones for cities are um, environmental monitoring, since satellite imagery offers the possibility to actually monitor air temperature and air quality, meaning that you can uh, monitor pollutants in the air and you can predict uh, how the air quality will uh, um, will be in the future. At the same time, you can monitor green areas as opposed to built uh, areas. And uh, um, cities can use this data to verify that there is a good balance between uh, green areas and built-in areas. And uh, make sure that uh, green areas are distributed evenly um, within cities. You can also have an overview of transport, and uh, you can uh, you can even see how the soil moves through uh, satellites, which means that um, cities can know uh, where the the soil will sink, and uh, act on the soil uh, with preventive measures by um, heightening 
for example, uh, the public pavement or uh, by making maintenance works uh, um, along uh, historic buildings. We saw together with you uh, recently the case of Amsterdam, uh, which have been using uh, for uh, several years now satellite imagery to monitor their uh, case and bridges and historic bridges. Um, and there are, I mean, other examples of uh, several cities that are already relying on um, earth observation data to monitor soil movements and then prevent risk hazards. This is particularly re relevant also for cities um, 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 on the coast. Uh, and in the future, I mean, the majority of human beings will actually live in coastal cities. And as we know, coastal cities are exposed to um, erosion, tsunami risks, um, pollution, heavy winds. And these are all um, items that can be monitored through Earth observation, but also using satellite navigation. Um, for what concerns environmental monitoring um, and hot topic that we are trying to explore more also within the um, smart cities marketplace is the topic of urban Thailand since uh, climate change and made, uh, has made our cities warmer and warmer. At the same time, the materials used for buildings and street pavements are not adapted to climate change. And at the same time, we've got more and more people living and moving around um, cities uh, in cars or anyway, I mean, with um, pollutant transports. So, um, with satellite imagery, it is possible to um, locate hot spots, so spots where uh, um, the heat is particularly high in cities, and take preventive measures. For example, placing fountains, uh, humidifying the street pavements, um, placing parks or uh, trees uh, in areas that are particularly warm, blocking the traffic, uh, um, or readapting uh, um, the traffic uh, schemes and the routes so that uh, the population, especially vulnerable, vulnerable people, are not so much affected by, um, by heat. These are just a few examples, and of course, I mean, there are many more. Mm -hmm. um, and I would invite you to, um, to check on our website on eurizi.eu uh, on the success stories uh, section to uh, to find out more. Okay, well, I certainly hope that the listeners will uh, take that up. Does that mean over the years, because you give some very interesting examples and some of them are, are more recent uh, problems that we face, like with urbanization and heat averages you just mentioned, does that mean that in your own way of working, you are looking also to new partners, partnerships that you may not have reached out to in the past? Like, do you now work with more with nature uh, conservation organizations for greening of cities, for example? I, I would say that uh, the main um, sectors in which satellite applications have found a use are um, agriculture, transport, uh, uh, environmental protection, and risk management. And um, not so much at the city level, but more at the regional and national levels. 
and these are the sectors in which more and more applications have been uh, um, produced and uh, have become operational. I wouldn't say that uh, the priorities we've got today are different from the priorities we had 10 years ago, um, but probably we are more aware of some risks that we are facing uh, due to urbanization, for example. Um, uh, well, first of all, the health issue, I would say. Um, air pollution, I mean, we now have statistics uh, showing that air pollution is actually responsible for um, many people dying and for many um, respiratory diseases. So I wouldn't say that the priorities have changed. I will say that we are more conscious about them today. And then according, I mean, there are topics that are hot topics according to different years. For example, in 2018, we've been um, opening a work stream on cultural heritage, even though Eurisi had been working on this issue since the 90s, actually, with uh, the UNESCO and other uh, research organizations uh, involved in uh, heritage monitoring and conservation. But in 2018, we decided to jump on this issue and to revamp it uh, because it was the European Year of Cultural Heritage. Um, in, I think it was 2013, it was the UN International Year for Water Cooperation. So we focused on that issue and produced um, um, a book of success stories focusing on water management. Uh, but I, I mean, I don't think that um, um, history goes that fast uh, in what concerns uh, the challenges we are facing today. What goes fast is probably the technology. So I will say that um, today with the advent of 5G, we've got the opportunity to connect uh, remote areas more and more and to bring a faster connection that should allow for the creation of businesses uh, um, in areas where uh, remote working was made difficult by the weak uh, um, internet connection brought by cables. Um, but uh, I mean, for what concerns the threats and the challenges we are facing, I don't think they're very different from what they were 10 on, or 20 years ago. It's just that we're probably more aware, um, we are more aware of environmental topics because people are talking about those today as compared as for, in the past. Uh, but um, uh, earth observation data in particular as found, I mean, has been applied um, for in, in, in this kind of sector since many, many years. Uh, what is the challenge today is to bring this data to civil society by making it available in a form that civil society can understand and use. Okay, so yeah, so you say technology has, has helped to broaden the, the geographic scope and availability, but there's still some steps to be made. But what would you like to see happen next? What, what is your, what is well, your next? 
What I would like to see next will be the advent of a series of uh, portals that make the data available um, already chewed, if I can use the, that expression, and um, that make the data available in such a way that is intuitive for people with a basic IT education. This is for what concerns Europe. And this is what the European Commission is trying to do with the Copernicus services and with the derived applications of the Copernicus services. So I would like to see the SMEs and the private companies in general taking this data and making it more and more easy to use in the future. While for the developing world, let's say, we need the first uh, an IT education, which probably will happen with the, um, this generation, the young generation of today. Probably, I mean, they will be more educated about uh, uh, GIS and IT use in the future. Um, I mean, also in Europe, there are differences of course, in um, IT availability and education. But I think that the big challenge today is to make the data disappear into services. So to have portals in which satellite application is available and you don't know uh, that that information comes from satellites but you are able to filter the information that you need and to effectively use it. Yeah. And so to make, to make the, the use and the availability of satellite data so normal that we don't uh -huh. talk about it anymore in the same way we accept satellite navigation when we, we exactly address where we want to go to. Really think about the fact that this is a signal coming from satellites, but we, mm -hmm. that should also happen for uh, imagery side. Correct. Yes, and also in that, I believe that Google Earth is actually um, giving a big contribution to the vulgarization of such data. Uh, my cousin that has been studying architecture recently uh, would go on Google Earth to study some artifacts and archaeological remains uh, in places where it's never been. And this is something that, I mean, my generation didn't have the possibility to do. Uh, but I mean, this idea that you are actually able to look at the Earth from above and to access places where uh, you, you, you will never go maybe through your computer computer and actually see the geography of the place and what remains on the soil um, is a big advancement. Knowing that uh, satellite imagery uh, often doesn't have the result, uh, um, high enough resolution to actually observe um, the details of what is on the ground and that that needs to be coupled with um, aerial imagery taken from airplanes or drones to then actually have a level of detail. But um, I believe that um, 
advancements in IT education will also bring advancement in um, the acquisition of uh, satellite imagery as uh, um, ordinary data that uh, we can use um, every day. Okay. And we also talked specifically about uh, cities and regions, you mentioned earlier also. And we know that uh, public authorities, public uh, entities, they have to comply with certain protocols and procedures when they want to buy something, when they want to buy products or services. They have to comply with uh, uh, European procurement regulation. Um, and this is something we have also been talking about in, in the last few months or so, that not just them understanding and being interested in, in what they can buy and what they can do with it, but also to understand how they can then actually go to procurement. And the same goes for the, the companies, in a way, supplying their services to understand that there is this procedure that uh, public entities have to go through and to know that uh, this needs to be renewed every every few years or so. Is that something you're actively involved in or are looking to improve yeah. in also in city administrations? We have been working with cities to uh, in the past to um, and regions actually more than cities. We have been working with regions to help them procure uh, satellite-based services. Um, this is a challenge that uh, local and regional administrations have. That in case they are aware that some data exists that will help them. Um, perform some tasks, uh, they don't know how to write the technical specifications to acquire them. I'm not sure, I mean, this is a problem of European um, rules for procuring uh, uh, something. I think it's more, uh, the challenge is more for uh, cities and regions to have uh, the um, technical expertise to write the requirements of the, what they want. Because first of all, they must be aware of what um, satellite data can deliver and what it can't. Um, there are often uh, um, irrealistic expectations on what you can do with satellite data that do not match the reality. Uh, and then, I mean, they need to know which kind of data they need to uh, acquire inf the information uh, uh, required to perform their, uh, their daily work. So uh, what we've been seeing within uh, Space for Cities uh, and um, in our recent work is that uh, um, most cities need an expert to help them writing the technical specifications. What we've been advising in the past uh, was the creation at the regional or national level of some sort of middleman um, that could uh, help cities or regions to understand what they can get from satellites and to write the technical specifications. Um, the information that you can obtain 
uh, from a satellite imagery sometimes remains valid for a number of years. In the case of source subsidiance, for example, um, you don't need to acquire information or to acquire satellite uh, images every year. One image can contain information that will allow you to manage source subsidiance for five years, for example, if not more. So um, that means that once you have an operational system that allows you to monitor soil movements, for example, it doesn't matter if an administration, the administration of the city changes because you've got um, a system that everybody can read. Um, and moreover, I mean, what changes in cities is more the political level normally, while the people in the um, departments, in the technical departments, remains, uh, uh, remain the same. So for cities now, the big challenge is to know what you can do with satellite imagery realistically, and then to have someone to support them and to write the specifications for, uh, for tenders. There are a few cities that are already able that have this um, expertise in-house, but it is still uh, um, a very little minority for what concerns EO. For what concerns satellite navigation, better known as uh, GPS, but we've got today Galileo in Europe, uh, everybody knows. Uh, everybody knows how to integrate that um, into, for example, a transport system or a bike sharing system. So cities don't need support anymore for that. So we need, as you just said, to arrive at the point where um, the um, geographic information systems, so the portals where cities and regions have geographic information about their territory and their assets, can integrate satellite data because, I mean, this is an obstacle still. The fact that sometimes the, um, ca the cadastres or uh, um, the maps, uh, I mean, the, the city maps, uh, do not allow the integration of, uh, of new satellite data into that. Mm -hmm. And we need, we, I mean, ideally, we would have regional uh, um, geographic information systems that can be scaled at the local level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, to summarize, it's uh, still awareness raising, so it's still your use cases, get them out there, get them communicating, make people aware. It's the technical expertise in organizations to understand how you can work with it and how you can buy it. And the, the availability, also sort of portals that make the data available and make it findable, accessible is, is, a, is an important point. And I also heard you mention the, the education side, so the, not just the, the GIS or observation, but also the IT skills needed nowadays for processing the algorithms to, uh, to to make clever analyses of the data available and even going into forecasting sometimes. Are those the main kind of chunks you would say? I, I think so, I think so. I think so, and I think that also cities and regions don't necessarily have to do this work themselves, but that they can rely on private companies 
which start existing uh, and um, would actually in my opinion in the future make the difference in bringing um, these services to the public administrations most cities i mean uh, um, contract uh, the delivery of several services so um, in the future we shall hope that more and more companies will be offering satellite-based services to cities mm. and that they will be able to market them to the cities. What we saw in our um, recent workshop, um, well, not so recent anymore, but anyway, uh, from innovation to operation, um, in which you participated and in which you moderated the panel as well, Linda, um, is that uh, um, private companies complain that they are not able to sell services to cities because they are not mainstream. So in their opinion, it should be the media to communicate on these services to make them become mainstream. On the other side, you've got the R&D community who says it's not our job to market these services. We produce the technology, we produce the scientific knowledge, and then it is up to the private companies to sell them uh, and to make them marketable. And I don't know, I mean, exactly how this process should go. Uh, what I know is that for, uh, for GPS, it's been uh, Google and some other um, phone operators in the US that made a satellite navigation become mainstream. But we're not talking about small companies, we are talking about giants. And uh, these kind of companies do not exist in Europe, also for good reasons, I mean, uh, for, for good and bad reasons, according to the point of view. Uh, but um, the truth is that you cannot push a technology that is not already mature and, um, and easy to use. So it means that uh, um, the European Commission will probably continue for uh, for still a few years to foster the development of easy to use services that can be sold to the users without a scientific explanation behind. Okay, I, what I do see is that some of the larger companies, not uh, normally traditionally satellite companies, but uh, companies like uh, civil engineering company, the Royal here in the Netherlands, Fugro, so the engineering company, they now seem to be taking up Earth observation and not sensing data, as you say, as part of their service uh, portfolio to the customer. I think that's a good trend. So you have some larger companies, I mean, these are global companies, if they start introducing it uh, into their service portfolio. The uptake might go faster. Would you see that as a good trend? I see it as a good trend. I mean, apart from uh, the um, 
big companies that you mentioned, I see a number of small companies that actually integrate satellite data into their portfolio and that they are doing a very good job. Um, also participating, I mean, not only, but also participating to um, European funded projects. And these companies will make the difference in actually bringing satellite data to civil society because working at the local level, um, and there is some specific expertise, not in satellite data, but in engineering, as you say, um, air monitoring, uh, um, water monitoring, and so on. They are the ones who will convince local actors of the usefulness of using this data. And without, without even having to tell them where the data come from. Yeah, 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 I think so too, I agree with you there. Okay, well, thank you very much. Um, as you know, we are uh, um, arranging some uh, events in June, 8th and 9th of June, as part of our Ideas from Europe uh, European Roundtable sessions. Um, so Space for Smart Cities will be one of them. Uh, and I know you already said you, uh, you would um, participate in that again so hopefully we can share absolutely experience and uh, and and ultimately tackle some of those uh, big topics that you mentioned uh, in this very interesting uh, interview so thank you very much for this uh, thank you linda very soon absolutely thank you Grazie and thank you Linda for that fascinating interview. Now next week I have what my Canadian friend would call un trite special for you as I'll be interviewing Ms Ideas from Europe herself, Sonia van Meerbeek. We're going to be talking about where Ideas from Europe came from but also where it's going and we have an exciting announcement to make so be sure to make sure you're subscribed to the show in your podcast app and I'll send it right to you once it's ready. So until next week, have a great weekend and if you're in the Netherlands, a fantastic Koningsdag.